0: Hi, I'm Justin Baldoni. As a filmmaker, I've always been fascinated by stories of ordinary people overcoming extraordinary obstacles. Years back, I created My Last Days, a documentary series about courageous people living with a terminal illness. Telling their stories, I found my own. And my hope is that over the next three nights, these stories will do the same thing for you. This. Is my last days. Have enough heartache and enough headache. I've had so many ups and downs. Don't know how much more I can take. Mm. We're all going to go. It's, how are you going to go out? The only thing that we're told when you have an illness is, oh, I'm so sorry. Why should I be depressed? Anyone can dance. It is lovely to be able to walk around the streets and have people have no idea that I'm quote unquote sick. Do you remember what you said to me when I got out of the coma? No. She said, oh, dang, now I don't get her iPod. <laughs> I have a crazy idea. I want you to meet... Hey! That's hey. BB wanted. Eventually, someday, we'll have an actual wedding or something like that, so... Welcome to your wedding. Surprise! <laughs> welcome, <Hey>. welcome, Isabel. <laughs> I'm here, You want to change the world. Well, this is your speech. it is uh it is such a pleasure to be here um i mean in a nutshell uh my last days is a documentary series about life uh told by folks who just so happen to be dying uh, you just saw a trailer uh, from season two uh, of the show uh, which was um, a couple years back wow feels like feels like yesterday um, so why am I here today? Uh, well, my name is Farhud Maybodi and I'm a writer and a director and executive producer, I'm one of the co-owners of Wayfair Entertainment, and, uh, I have the privilege of working on that project. Um, My Last Days airs on the CW network and, uh, it's a very, very special show. Um, you know, I think when you look at our country and you look at where we are right now, um, so much uncertainty. So much loss. Um, whether it's economic loss, whether it's illness, death, loss of relationships, uh, loss of routine, loss of comfort, loss of being able to hold the people you love. Um, you know, I it was my mother's birthday, um, and earlier this morning I had breakfast with my niece and nephew, and I and I couldn't hug them. Um, because of my sister's concerns about COVID. And there was a significant amount of loss in not being able to touch my niece and nephew. We're all going through it. And I think when you look at um, this conversation around grief, I think grief is the response to loss. And as an American public, uh, I don't believe we have the tools uh, to navigate this space. Um, I didn't have the tools um you know i learned how to do quadratic equations and whatnot when i was a kid but i didn't learn how to navigate um, the psychological emotional uh, components of loss and coming into my last days and i've been very fortunate um, over the past um, five or six years to be able to work on this show uh, from the ground up developing the show, casting, directing, producing, working with our good friend uh, Rick Haskins, the CW network in birthing the project. And I'll tell you, it changed my life. It really changed my life. Um, A lot of people would say that um, sharing the stories of folks who are terminal is not something fun, right? You've got to imagine um, when someone's navigating a terminal illness, it's not just them, it's their mother and father and husband or wife, brother, sister, kids, the whole family is going through the experience. So there's the person's experience of navigating the trauma surrounding terminal illness and then there's the family's experience and there's trauma in multiple dimensions of what that is. Um, We did an episode in season three about a young guy named Anthony Carbajal who had ALS and his mother had ALS And her mother had ALS. And now Anthony, a young guy in his 20s, gets ALS. There is a lot of trauma. There is a lot of trauma and grief that comes into play. And I think for me as a director of that episode, to come into that space and try to create art through channeling their trauma and life experience, that's a tall drink of water. so that's a lot to have them feel comfortable enough on camera, to have them feel like they can share and not be exposed or exploited or manipulated because that's our belief. You know, our belief at Wayfair is that storytelling, television, film, digital, all storytelling can help bring us together. That's what we live for. That's, you know, our good friend, Rick, that's what he believes in. And that's why the show is on the CW network. But to do that, there's a lot that has to happen first within yourself as the creator. Because again, if you're the the director or the writer and you're facilitating the experience, you have to create the container for that healing to take place. So I actually believe that art can be uh, therapeutic, right? When someone can share their story in their own voice, the first person narrative, especially a community that in the past hasn't been given a voice. You know, when you look at the, Community experiencing terminal illness or chronic illness or disability, they haven't always had a platform. So just giving that individual the space to share and to be seen is a game changer. It's a game changer. And I think through sharing their story and through kind of making lemonade, right? (laughs) Because for a long time, if you were sick or if you had uh, experienced sexual assaults, back in the day, you just like never talked about it. We didn't have the tools as a an American society to hold space for people to share their trauma, and now it's almost a different world, right? People who have experienced abuse, people who, have, who are experiencing um, health issues, they can share these things, and now it's a, a point of power, right? It's almost like the topsoil for that transformation. So I think when I look at grief and our lack of education and awareness around how to hold grief, right a natural component of life, I think you've almost got to go deeper and to look at our relationship as an American society around mortality. We have a very, very strange relationship with mortality in America. Historically, people don't want to talk about death. people i mean think about it when when someone dies in america what do we do we pump them full of embalming fluid to simulate them still being alive right that doesn't happen all around the world you know If you go to mexico uh the day of the dead is a very unique way of celebrating people who have passed you're honoring your ancestors you're honoring their role their active role in your life and in America, you know, all we have is the skull and crossbones and the grim reaper, right? This is a, this is a big point of trauma. And I think for me, um, when you look at my last days and you look at our approach as a company really established by our uh, co-founder, Justin Baldoni, who created the show, it's this idea of like, can you make death your ally, right? Can you look at your mortality? and not see it as a shadow hanging over your head? Can you look at it and see it as a a beautiful part of this process, right? And that's a a lot for some people to take in, right? To me, my mortality, because we're all terminal, we're all here for a finite amount of time, right? But our mortality is almost like the Rosetta Stone to understanding the human experience. Because if everybody that was a part of this webinar right now, if we were all immortal, let's just say that we're all immortal, would you care about this? This is just one moment of trillions of moments for you. So why would this moment matter? I would offer that our mortality gives us the ability and the awareness to appreciate this moment with joy, right? And for me, I mean, working with, wow, five seasons worth of My Last Day's cast members and their families who are all navigating terminal illness, I've been very fortunate to see up close and personal how they deal with grief and loss um, while folks are still alive and after they pass. And I think one of the big um, opportunities that I have found is you don't have to find out you're dying to start living. Like everyone can do this. And I think when I look at America, and I look at COVID, and I, and I look at all these transformations that are, that are really taking place right now, I see a massive opportunity for us to evolve, evolve our way of thinking, evolve our way of living, and start living with more sense of purpose. And we have, uh, is that Dr. Heidi? How Hi, are Heidi. you? Hi it's great to hear you and this is a phenomenal phenomenal undertaking what you have done i mean five seasons of my last days how incredible Thank and you. i'm getting some common themes here my questions and people want to know how has you know spending time with people in their last days changed the way that you live your own life mm, that's a great question um I think for me, the way it's changed the way I live my life is when I am around folks who are, as I say, closer to the exit than the entrance, right? And I see how joyful they are, right? Like someone with ALS who can't lift their arm or leg and they're smiling and like finding ways to take photographs of the world and people who are in immense pain, cancer, but they're like like just the look of radiance on their face, it recalibrated my own relationship to stuff in the world that that might go wrong. Where it's like in the old days, it's like, oh, I'm stuck in traffic on the freeway or, you know, uh, they don't have the the green juice I want at Whole Foods, not to get very LA on you guys, but oh my God, that's not the end of the world. This is not the end of the, these are, this is a first world problem, you know? So I think for me, it helped me learn how to live. And it sounds very like rainbows and unicorns, but it really helped to recalibrate for myself to not take this world too seriously and to elevate my own relationship to aging. I think when you look at America, you know, we get a little bit old and we stretch our skin and we pull it, we die because we had this obsession with youth. We have this obsession with staying young. And I think for me, I'm like, I'm loving the stretch marks. Like, I'm loving the wrinkles. I'm like, yes, my aging is a sign of my maturation. In the uh, Inca-Toltec modality, and I love traveling around the world and learning from primary cultures because I find that when you're in Central America, South America, Africa, they've been doing this a lot longer than us, right? We're very, very young. And in the Inca-Toltec modality, there's this saying of uh, make every conversation your last stand. Here we are, right? If I walk out of my house and a piano falls on my head, this, I showed up for this, here we are. We're talking about mortality and truth. I'm not holding anything back from this. I have no regrets in this conversation. And I think a lot of times as Americans, we've been conditioned to uh, hold back and to suppress our truth for the benefit of other people. And I think for me, if we can just truly truly embody and live truly live so when you're with your family and you hold them and you say i love you you're not just saying it because it sounds nice you're saying it is like this could be the last time i'm going to see you thank you heidi for your time and um sending everybody lots of love out there i've learned that it helped me to help others to know i'm not the only one put one foot in front of the other find a life adding hope to the darkness you start on the trip to recovery reach deep down inside and say, I am going to live on. We laugh, we cry, and remember. Hope without action doesn't work. Hope with action can change the world. We always say, if you've lost hope, please lean on ours.